You are now in the mix with the Atomic Podcast, where we blow up the news. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast, coming to you live from Times Square, New York City, where we blow up the news. You know what I always say on a verbal scale. <laughs> is that something new, trying? Yeah, I'm trying to make it a little bit different. Okay. You know, a little bit less obvious than what I usually say, but I, I do usually say it, and then because I say it most of the times because it's usually what I say. Well, never mind, I'm running on a tangent. What? I'm Ethan Guzman, what? along with my longtime close personal friend, my Max, my cheese, my heterosexual life mate, the sharpest tool at the shed, Eve's the Cannon Sanon. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you. I Thank you. No, no problem, no problem, dude. Um, you looking pretty dapper there yourself. Uh, okay, I guess. I don't know. Just... Yeah, for the people out there in Radio Land or Podcast Land, he has a pigeon shirt on, which is looking very dapper. Uh, you know, thank you. Representing the pigeons in New York, the rat with wings. Right. <laughs> they are rats with wings. They are disgusting, those pigeons. And they're very thorough, too. They don't move when you want them to move. Yeah, that's true. Disgusting. Even though people say when a bird craps on you, you get like good luck. Good it's luck. Good yeah, luck. you're supposed yeah. to get money. Bird shit it on my head like a few times, and it got my sneaker. I haven't seen any luck as of yet. <laughs> you're still alive. besides so having matters. green stuff in my hair, going home, washing it off, going to my job, washing it in the sink. But I'm running on this. Disgusting. Uh, I'm, disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> this I'm, 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 I don't know about money. I heard good luck, like good luck. But you yeah. have been good luck. You had good yeah. luck. You're alive till now, so that's good luck. Yeah. Doesn't make a difference. So we were together this weekend. How was you know um, Eve's the Canon Sand and is expecting? So yes, I'm expecting a little girl. Yes, I am. Yes, and he's he's going to be a rookie father. So rookie father. Yes, I had a baby shower on um, Sunday, right? Yeah, Sunday, Sunday you did. Yeah, yeah, which was crazy. And so many people. Yeah. Did you, did you realize a baby has so much? Gifts like you know, like having so much gifts at a baby shower is like you know your apartment now is probably flooded. It's with flooded. Stuff. I mean, yeah. you saw it. Like you saw. I mean, it took about six of us to literally bring everything to my apartment. Jesus. Six people. Crazy. Jesus. It was crazy. It was. It was a mess. And then you see me. Like I always said, the best presents are diapers because you're definitely going to use them. Yeah, diapers go really quick. Diapers. Yeah, crap load of diapers. Uh, we have crap load of everything. We have actually doubles of most of the things that we got. Yeah. But um, I'm very fortunate. I can't even lie. A lot of people really looked out. On that special day, so yeah. All I gotta do is wait for this baby to come now. Yep, and it'll be in a matter of months now. Well, two months actually. In yeah. January. Yeah. Congratulations again. Thank you again. Thank you. Um, this episode today, we I well I, I was gonna say we, but I you as yeah. always. You <laughs> well, as always. no, you're there too. You're there too in yeah. mind, body, and soul. You're right. Um, I have an interview with Stephen Michael Cazada. Remember who he was agent? Yeah, yeah. DEA course. agent D- Gomez, Gomez from Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Yes. Yes. This interview, he really gets in depth. He talks a little bit about Breaking. Um, not I was gonna say Breaking Bad, but he talks about Better Call Saul. And the new, the new show, the yeah, new show of the Breaking Bad spinoff. Yeah, he adds some spoilers in that. So fans, if you know, if you're a Breaking Bad fan like I am, like everybody is, that was one of yeah. the most epic shows ever created. Yes, definitely. He really goes in, talks about his career. He talks about you know being in Albuquerque, New Mexico, his stage, you know, um, being in Shakespeare plays. Like he, he's it's it's really short and in depth, but he's a really cool dude, and we're definitely planning to doing it again. So that's good. Um, that's good. Yeah. Th- do you want to do the introduction for the interview? Um, no, you can do it. Oh, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> it, it, you can do it. Take, take care of it. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Stephen Michael Kazada. On the Atomic Podcast. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast, coming to you live from the Upper West Side in Manhattan. My guest today is an actor. He's a writer. 
And, you know, a lot of fans will remember him most as Detective, well, DEA agent, I'm sorry, um, Steven Gomez from Breaking Bad. I want to give you um, Steven Michael Cazada. Steven, how you doing? Good, man. How's it going? Uh, It's going pretty good, man. A little bit chilly on the East Coast. Um, How about in Albuquerque? Yeah, it's it's, it's starting to chill out, man. I think it's, you know, winter's coming, which is uh, kind of bummy out, man, because it's going to cut into my golf game. Yeah. You know, that happens every year, right, when my golf game is starting to improve. The winter changes, and I got to take like three, four months off and start all over. <laughs> I don't. How, how is golf? Because it's, it's rare that I see a lot of Latinos play golf. But is it is it hard? Because I always play golf on the on the on the Wii. But you know, they never like in reality. How is golf as a game? Is it really good? It's a great game, man. And then when someone told me there was a raking ball, I figured, hey, man, I got a shot at this. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. No, the thing is, you know, I've been playing, uh, my nephew, uh, my, young, my, my young nephew, man, he got into golf. We didn't know. I grew up, you know, most Latinos, we, we grew up playing baseball, you exactly, know. Exactly, exactly. And, and so, and that's what I grew up playing, you know, was baseball. But my, uh, my nephew, they, you know, the newer, the newer generation, man, they, they play, play everything. Soccer and all these other sports that we didn't grow up, you know, knowing much about. And I went and watched him play golf, man, and I thought, and he was so good. That's when he was so... Yeah. And I said, man, I wanna, I wanna get him. And you know, and he wasn't a big dude, right? He's not a big kid. Yeah. And so I realized that was a game that you know you didn't have to be a big dude to, to play. And uh, so I got into it. It's difficult. It's probably the hardest game out there. It's probably the hardest sport out there. You know, you, you get big football players. You get, you know, uh, you know Michael Jordan, the best basketball player in the world, and they're all obsessed trying to figure out, you know, golf. Yeah. To get obsessed about it because it's so hard, man. But you know, it's it's a good way for me to get out for four, five, or four, five hours. You know, once a week. Yeah. Um, I'm a busy guy, you know, as you know. I'm a really busy man. I'm involved in a lot of stuff, and so for me to get out for four or five hours and just have some, you know, some bro time, man, with some of my homies, will you know, we'll have a beer and, and you know, we'll play, we'll play golf for four or five hours. You know, uh, who are your homies? Is just regular friends from the neighborhood, or any like celebrity homies, or? What's that on me? Yeah, so is it, is, do you play golf with like celebrity homies or just like your regular friends? Yeah, or? well, I have regular homies, and then and then I have my celebrity homies. I play golf. I play with George Lopez a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, when I go out to LA, man. We'll go out. We'll play. Um, I play with you know Samuel Jackson, um, Tim Allen, uh, John Don Cheadle. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of those guys who like to get out and go out and play a little bit of golf. But, you know, here at home, man, I got guys I grew up with, you know, uh, guys who I do uh, producing uh, some of the projects that I'm doing here in New Mexico with. And, you know, they're all, they're all golfers, you know. And so uh, the good thing about New Mexico is that, you know, we get about, well, nine months out of the year of golf. And then three months we have to kind of take off. Uh, we get like a winter for about three months here in New Mexico. And then it turns back. You know, as soon as it turns back, it gets warm, and then and then we're able to play. Oh. So, so it's a good escape, man. I like it. Man. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, let me get a little bit started into your career. So, um, how did from being in Albuquerque, New Mexico, how did you get started into the entertainment field? How did that come about? I just did. You know, I mean, I, and I wish I I always tell people I wish I had a really cool like story that. You know, La Virgen came to my bedroom and told me I was going to be an actor, you know, but I, I don't I don't have a cool story like that, bro. I, I, uh, uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you what pulled me in is, you know, my senior year in high school, you know, I just was, you know, the way they teach, the way, way people, the way this country 
uh, you know, conducts her education system is, is wrong, man. Uh, and I'll tell you the reason why I was one of those kids that almost fell through the crack, you know, that 30% that we keep losing because it's that same old way of, of, of teaching. I'll read a chapter, take a test, read a chapter, take a test. And for me, I'd read a chapter, and by the time I'd get like, you know, eight lines in, man, it was just words that were blurring together, and they didn't. They didn't mean nothing to me, you know, because I, I didn't understand, what, you know, what the purpose of the words were. Mm-hmm. And when I got, when I got the theater, I took the theater class my senior year, and that was a project-based sort of class, right? Everybody's involved in it. You work together as a team. You you build sets together. You do lighting together. You figure out costumes and you do plays together. You know what I mean? So that's when I went, wow, I love this. This is something. You know, I sound something where I feel like I'm, I belong, and, and I'm learning, and I'm, and you know, after doing that, I'm able to take a test and 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 pass it because all the words and all the terminologies that I learned, they were in my head. You know, I, I got it, I understood it, and so that's that was the reason when I really got into theater, and, and I loved it, and I started doing that, and then uh, I was very fortunate to go to Eastern New Mexico University. Uh, you know the. You know, they, they helped me out, man. They knew I didn't have the grade. They knew I didn't have uh, the education, but, you know, they still they still accept, accepted me to the university, and I went to, they needed some Latino actors is what they were looking for. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I went out there, and I studied for three years. And after, after three years, I thought, man, I really need to get into this. I really need to go out and see and hustle this and see if I can make this happen. And I, and I came back, and I did a lot more community theater here in New Mexico. I did bilingual theater because people wouldn't really cast me to do Shakespeare. Again, I was a Latino trying to do theater, and most of the theater companies here, even in Albuquerque, were Shakespearean companies, you know, yeah. which I love Shakespeare. I don't know that guys. I love it. So I spent three years studying. I, I dug it, but, you know, they would say, well, your last name is Casada. You know, are you willing to change your name? And I'm like, well, why? You know, and I said, well, you know, there are not that many Latinos doing Shakespeare. And I go, well, that's what hair and makeup is for, you know? <laughs> that's why they invented that, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and makeup, and you could change the color of my hair, whatever it needs to do, I want to work, you know? But, so I worked for a theatrical company, a uh, compañía, for about five years. And then I branched out and started writing my own plays and started my, my own thing. But even with that, even with being successful here in Albuquerque as a playwright and an actor, um, I was having problems uh, making money. I mean, I'd break even. I would sell out. I'd sell out my shows, but at the end of the day, after paying for sets and actors and lights and renting the space and advertisement and everything, it was just sort of a break-even kind of deal. That was the that was when I decided I was going to see what comedy was all about because that was the late eighties, early nineties when comedians could make money, right? Yeah. Uh, where everybody would have to go to a comedy club to go see comedy. It was it was a live performance art, you know. I think I think YouTube and and television kind of hurt stand up comedy because you know everybody started watching comedy on television and not really going to clubs to watch it anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, it's a live performance art. It's like watching a play on TV, right? Once you see a play on TV, man, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, you're not in the room, you know? You gotta be in the room with the energy, with the, you know? So, you know, there's still comedy clubs. I'm back on tour doing comedy clubs again, but that's when I moved into comedy, man, because I knew there was gonna be a way for me to feed my family, uh, fix my car, pay my rent, you know, those sorts of things. Yeah. And still, be, still be able to be that entertainer that I wanted to be. Yeah, that's the most fascinating thing about you because I honestly didn't know you was a comedian until I after after watch Breaking Bad and I was like, wow, the guy is funny. You know, what I'm saying I didn't even think about that. Um, did they 
Did, did you do a lot of ad-libbing and doing, like, during your acting gigs? Did you try to do a lot of ad-libbing, or...? No, man, uh, you know, especially when it came to Breaking Bad, man, I mean, those writers were brilliant, man. You didn't have to. Oh, it was okay. there, it was on the, that's how good these writers were, man. I mean, they should have been winning awards from the pilot on, man, it's my opinion. Yeah. They didn't start giving any kind of love to, like, I think the third or fourth season, you know? Yeah. Uh, these guys were great, man. Everything they would, it was there. You just didn't have to mess with it. You just showed up and, and said your lines. Now, there's been other projects that I've done where I'm looking at the line and I'm going, wow, that's a terrible line. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I'll, I'll talk to writers and I won't change anything unless I talk, I talk to the writer or the director, you know, and say, hey, you know, I don't really, you know, this line should say this or uh, I don't really get this line or can I say it this way? And, and so eventually, you know, I got comfortable where I could do that because some scripts are that are, you know, a good actor could only do so much with the script. So if the script is badass, then guess what happens? You know, you win Emmys and SAG Awards and those sorts of things. Yeah. But when you get a script that's sort of like a D, C script, I mean, the best you're going to be able to do is a, a B performance, you know. Mm -hmm. That's about as best as you're going to be able to do as an actor. So it really has to be on the page. If it ain't on the page, it ain't on the film. It ain't on the screen, you know. Yeah. Um, what was your first um, acting, major acting gig in Hollywood? What was your first role, and how did that come about? My first role was First Snow uh, with Guy Pearce. It's a, it's a, it was a thriller, um, and I played Enrique the Mechanic at the beginning of that film. And that was 2005 was when I decided to stop touring as a comic. Yeah. I was tired, man. I was getting old. My kids were getting older. Yeah. Um, you know, I was living out of hotels. Basically, I'd be home for two days and then I'm back on the road, you know, but, you know, we have to see, you have to see the family, bro, you can't complain, but I thought, okay, now maybe I should, because, you know, I got disheartened with film and television back in the late 80s, 90s, because, you know, there was only one role for Latinos, it was Pepe, yeah. 30 million of us were all auditioning for Pepe. Yeah, or, so, or you could be Thug 1 or Thug 2 in a, in a movie, you know, like. Exactly, you know? exactly, man, it's, and there was all of us auditioning for those roles, so you had a better shot of hitting the lottery, really, yeah. you know, and so, but in 2005, you know, I think things started changing on television, with independent filmmaker, uh, cable television, you know, was kicking in strong, uh, so that, that opened the doors for more opportunities for the Latinos, and, and so I thought, well, this would be a good time to at least get in, get back, get, get a new, get a new agent, uh, acting agent, and then she, what we can do, and so I was very fortunate in to hit my first uh, film, and that's just the way this business is, man, you know, you could not work uh, for all your life, and then all of a sudden you get a movie, then all of a sudden everybody wants you. Yeah. yeah. Like all of a sudden overnight you became talented, you know, yeah. and, and that's just the way this is, it's a tough business, man, I always tell people, make sure you love this more than anything, yeah. because you're, you're in for a long haul, man, until you can get... And, you know, you can't do a film unless you're in the union. You can't get in the union unless you do a film. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, none of that makes any sense, man. Uh, but I get it now, you know, I get the fact that now that I'm able to, uh, the more I work, the more I'm able to work. You know, the more, now I'm at a point where, you know, uh, I get offers, and it was cool, you know, to get a call from, uh, uh, you know, to, to do a Mindy project that, you know, that Mindy really wanted me to do a cameo on her finale, you know, yeah. I'm like, holy smokes, man, <laughs> you know, and I'm just some, some kid, man, in my mind, you know, some vato from the west side of Albuquerque, so, yeah. um, I'm still 
especially with girls, girls are the hardest, man. They have oh. two, so I definitely can relate. Girls are just, whoo. Yeah. They're tough, man. All three teenagers at this point right now, man. I get up in the morning and there's something on my phone saying, oh, look at this and look at that. And I'm like, man, I, should, I have to come with money for this and for that. <laughs> you see, that's like I say, you know, daddy has to keep working. Then if you want you want those good things, daddy has to keep working. You know? Well, my, yeah, and then my niece, you know, she's doing it on her own now, man. I'm proud of her, man. She, got, she, I mean, she doesn't got a very good job. She's got a terrible job. She's going to college, okay. you know. Yeah. And, but she goes to this job, mom. She doesn't cry or complain. And she just goes and does her thing, and then that makes me proud because then I know she has what it takes to be successful, right? Yeah, she has the drive, um, yeah. Yeah, it's like, well, you know, I'll do this crappy job until I get through school, I guess, you know? I feel like, go get another job, you know? Yeah. She goes, but this job is flexible with my school. The work around, and I said, all right, you know, I guess that all makes sense to me, I get it, you know? Yeah. So do what you need to do. And she likes to do it on her own. And then my middle baby, my 17-year-old, she's, you know, she's already taking college classes. She's in her senior year in high school. And, uh, and uh, you know, she's got bigger dreams. You know, she wants to do bigger things. And, so, and I'm cool with it. Yeah. And she wants to really get scholarships and do it on her own. She's a straight-A student. Mm-hmm. And then I got my baby who's like me. She doesn't know what the heck to do. <laughs> and, I, and I told her, it's all good. You don't have to know right now. You're only 14 years old. Yeah. Exactly, you know, you know, people always rushing, you know, their kids, like, you know, this is what you have to do, this is what you have to be, but sometimes, you know, she's probably a dreamer now, so, you know, you never know what's going to transpire from that, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's okay, I like dreamers, man, I, you know, I'm one of them, you know, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then also, just going back to the to the film industry, um, you had a show called The After After Party with Stephen Michael Cazada, can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, I did, man. We, we stopped doing that, man. I shot 103 episodes, and, and the reason why I developed that was to teach the, you know, the kids here in the community, the charter school kids that go to, like, film charter schools and mm-hmm. TV, TV production schools, um, just to give them, a, you know, a show to work on. Yeah. And then, while well, me and, the, you know, the James Douglas show, which was my band, man, which they were awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, to, uh, you know, just to, you know, give you give these kids an opportunity and then you know able to interview people that were in town that were big stars and uh and, and i was able to have access to them now yeah. and do cool and do interviews and then give local like comedians a shot local yeah. musicians a shot and, and and we were we were amazed on the talent that was in, in albuquerque you know yeah. when it came for us looking for the local talent and then it had a national appeal with the you know with the national people coming in and So there were no sponsors? You guys were paying for it? There was no sponsors for that? No sponsors at all, man. We were volunteering to do it all and then and paying for it to air on the television oh, uh, here in New Mexico. So, yeah, it just, you know, I told him, if you figure out how to make, to make money, I'll come back. I don't have a problem. Yeah. But I have to get paid. And if I'm, I can't call my manager or my agent and say, hey, I'm not available for this movie because I'm shooting the after-after party. They're going to go, 
YouTube now if someone like wanted to there's some clips yeah oh. there's some clips and stuff and there's yeah. some behind the scenes on YouTube but not full episodes but it, it looked really good these kids man they did amazing I had a professional in every department that the kids would work with but you know basically all the kids did all of the you know the lighting the camera work the, the whole thing man and they were and if you see it you're gonna say wow kids did this <laughs> pretty amazing oh my god I mean, our, our, our ratings here in New Mexico, it was the number one show in New Mexico, and I couldn't get people to advertise with their packet. That makes no sense. If you was, like, the number one show, why didn't, like, sponsors came up to you and be like, hey, you, you know, we want to sponsor this. You know, this is the number one. I, I know, I did, man. They go, oh, it's late night. I go, well, it's a late night show. But it has higher numbers than any local show during the day. And they're like, well, you know, yeah, that's rough. <laughs> and, I'm not, and I'm not an advertising sales guy, you know, so I, I was... I was out of my realm trying to even sell that, you know. Yeah. Um, so, and then we couldn't find local people to do it. We told them we'd give them a commission, and it just didn't, you know, just didn't pan out at this point. We would like to see it come back, though, my friend. So thanks for mentioning that. We would really like to see that come back. No, no problem, man. I, I, I definitely would like to see whole episodes because, you know, clips don't do it justice, you know. I'm sure, like... Yeah, I know. know. You're right. Yeah. So we are, we're, gonna, we're working on that right now. And uh, since, since me and you are connected on, on Facebook, uh, I'll let you know as soon as it, it comes out, and I'll send you links, you follow, and so you can check it out. Oh, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Um, also, sure. also, you know, to you know, I don't have that much time with you, but I just want to just get you know touch on Breaking Bad as, as your character, a phenomenal, probably one of the best shows I've seen on TV, right up there with The Walking Dead. It's just like you know, it, it's an amazing show, and being a part of it, it seems like everybody was a family there. Did you guys get along as on screen, like the chemistry, as it was off screen? Oh, yeah, man, I was very fortunate to work with some of the best people, you know, in this industry. I mean, from behind the scenes to the people who are in front of the camera, man, Brian and Dean and Aaron and RJ and Bob and Jonathan. I mean, I mean, the list goes on and on with the great people. And that was what made that show magical. That was the magic part of that show. Uh, and that was the genius of Vince Gilligan, putting the right people with the right personalities together to put something together that I think is different than any show ever, ever made. And even though it's about things that we all know and relate to, yeah. nobody, um, nobody would, uh, nobody would have thought that something that played so real would be that, that famous, that, that popular, that the world would fall in love with it, you know? Yeah, it was such it was it was such an an amazing show, man. I'm just I'm just so sad it's off the air, but it was a very depressing show too. You know, it's like you know you watch that show and you just like, oh man, this is messed up. You know, like wow, you know. And I just I just felt sorry for your character towards the you know towards the end. Spoiler, folks, you know that you know Gomez bites the bullet, man. How did you feel about going out like that? I went out like a man, you know. I mean, I faced <laughs> the enemy head to head. You know, I didn't back down. I didn't I didn't try to you know run. Um, you know, we try to find our way out of it, man, and uh, and we love the way they did it. Uh, they they showed us respect. You know, in Breaking Bad, they show a lot of really gruesome deaths, right? Yeah. They didn't show Gomez. They didn't show Gomez die. Yeah. They didn't show Gomez take his last breath, right? Yeah. 
always say in my mind, I always say in my mind, Gomez is playing possum probably, but I, I guess that's not the case though. But yeah. Yeah, it, it looked like him until they drug him and put him in the hole. But yep. <laughs> yep, then he, yep, he's a goner now. He's a goner. <laughs> so I said, oh, yeah, he's gone. Dang it. And so it was cool, though. We had a great run. You know, I've been on the show from the pilot all the way to, you know, the third to the last episode. I mean, que mas quieres, right? How much more do you want? Um, from a little guy out here, you know, trying to survive in Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, I was blessed. Uh, you know, actors work all their lives. And great actors work all their lives to try to get on a show that's going to be something like that. So, again, man, I'm just I'm thankful to Vince and, and everybody who believed in me and the fans who, who really thought I did a great job. And, you know, because it's a tough, it's a tough business, man. And you get a lot of critics, and, and I get it, man. I understand it, and I know that. I want to get better uh, always as an actor, a comic, a performer. I know I'll never be what I want to be, but I think that's the challenge. I think that's the fun part of being, you know, uh, challenging yourself. And so I'm going to get better, man. Hopefully, you know, and who knows? I may get a good role someday, man, but it's really going to be hard to top a show like Breaking Bad now. Exactly, exactly. Um, also, um, I know I know. Um, Better Call Saul is a prequel, but you, we won't see Adrian Gomez on Better Call Saul at all, right? Well, we don't know that, you know, not, definitely not this first season that they shot, but, you know, uh, they're talking about bringing cast members in for the, the second season, since they already got signed the second season. Yeah. Uh, they, I think they used the first season to really just set up, you know, Saul's character, yeah. and, my, and Mike Hermantrout is the other uh, the character that they're, you know, they're following on Better Call Saul, yeah. so... I think they're setting those two guys up, and then we will probably make a cameo here and there oh. uh, next season to kind of help, you know, because Bob deserves this show, man. Yeah. Bob Odenkirk deserves this show, and I'm crossing my fingers that it's a huge success. But again, it's not going to be Breaking Bad, and I don't think that was that's their intention. Yeah, I know, like, they don't want to, like, put a lot of, like, all right, we have Brian Cranston, you know, we have Stephen Michael Cazada, you know, this week. You didn't want it to be a Breaking Bad reunion, but, you know, it's also, like, you know, the fans could get a, you know, I guess to see a little piece, even though there's no way, I don't know how Gomez would be able to fit into that world, because this is, like, all before, unless they do a flash-forward or something, I'm not really sure. Well, I mean, it does, it is, it's a prequel, so, I mean, you got to understand that he's a criminal lawyer, and I'm a cop, so, you know... Uh, a DEA agent, right? Yeah. So he's, I'm sure, we knew him. Uh, when you saw the first time uh, Gomez and Hank run into Saul, you could tell at that meeting that we knew each other, yeah. that we knew that we had experiences with each other already, that he's that scumbag lawyer that gets all these people we're trying to bust off. Uh, I didn't even think about that. I just thought about yeah, it because his, post, his posters were all over, like, you know, the, the, the banner, so I figured you knew him from the commercials, but I didn't even think about oh, that. Oh, no. Yeah. No, that's why right away we he goes, oh, look, the DA, he knew who we were and everything. Yeah. He's all not questioning my clients. Oh, man. You know, that's why Hank tells himself. Not exactly what Hank tells him, but he tells himself that, you know. Yeah, I remember yeah. that scene. You can, you can even see that scene on YouTube alone. It's, it's, it's funny. It's hilarious, that scene. Oh, my yeah, God. You just blew my mind there. I didn't even think about that. Wow. Yeah, man, we're there, man. You know, I just think, I just think it's up to, you know, I don't know how uh, Dean Norris, how available Dean Norris will be. He's busy, yeah. man. He's, he's, the guy's working hard, man. Yeah, uh, yeah under the uh, dome, right? He's committed to under the dome. Yeah, so. well, he's got, well, he's got a major network commit, commitment. He's doing a lot of movies and he's doing voice work. And, you know, he's busy, man. He's a busy dude. But I'm sure he'd probably, he would love 
I'm sure it's going to be awesome when when I, when the fans see that cameo. That would be amazing. Um, also, um, how is the Fan Fest going on in Albuquerque right now? Is there a Breaking Bad Fan Fest that's happening? There was, man. The last two nights, yeah, Friday and Saturday, it was fun, man. We had a great, big, huge turnout. People from all over the world. I mean, I'm talking all over the world. We're here in Albuquerque. We hope it's going to grow and, and grow every year. And people come out and they do tours and you see all the locations and take pictures of all the locations. And I had panels and, you know, uh, Daniel and Lewis, uh, Mogara were here, uh, the two cousins. Yeah. And, and Skinny Pete and Crazy <laughs> Eight, which is Max Rostinega. Oh, man. And, and Jeremiah Bishui, who played Victor, who, you know. Uh, who we saw in box cutter get his throat sliced, <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, and, and, and you know, a lot of behind the scenes people, people who did you know costumes and makeup, but you know, it was just a really fun event. That you know, uh, uh, product, you know, t-shirts and sweatshirts and and, and cool things to do. And we you know, we did go karting and you know, just a lot of cool stuff um, to do. It was two days, and we're hoping that it'll go. Because uh, they're using it as, as a way to raise funds for Youth Development Incorporated, which is uh, you know my personal charity out here in New Mexico, helping uh, you know our, our youth that are you know in poverty areas and, and trying to keep kids out of gangs and stuff. And uh, so uh, you know it's it's a bad thing that's doing good things, man. That's what, that's what we call it right there. <laughs> oh, amazing, amazing. Um, do you have anything that's in the works in the near future that you know fans could be aware of or? Yeah, well, you know, I just did a movie with uh, Taylor uh, Holland from uh, Two and a Half Men, the mom from Two and a Half Men. Okay. And Sean Patrick Flannery called um, Kepler's Dream. And then I just did a movie with uh, Michael Ironside called uh, Element. Yeah. And so these all should be coming out next year. And then I'm uh, back on tour doing comedy. I'm going to be in uh, Texas in January. I'm going to be in Vegas in January. And right now we're in negotiations with Carolines in New York. Oh, you know, okay. so, you still, uh, I was about to so, say that. <laughs> so I'm trying to, I'm trying to get out to New York because that would be my dream place to go really, you know, go somewhere and do some stand comedy. So again, if that happens, I'll let you know. Oh, yeah, definitely let me know, man. I would love to see you live, you know, because, uh, you know, yeah. it's rare that you definitely will come to New York like that because you're very, basically Albuquerque-born, Albuquerque-bred. You stay out in Albu Albuquerque most of the time, right? That's well, yeah, well, I travel a lot, but yeah, man, I mean, I, I, well, I was up in New York not too long ago seeing Brian Crafton play oh, up, yeah. on Broadway. Yeah, yeah oh. so I did, so, you know, when I have, I have, my sister lives up in New York, so when I get a, when I get a you know, when I get a, a reason to travel, uh, you know, I will. Oh, definitely, man. Uh, yeah, definitely let me know. I would definitely love to check you out if you definitely play in Caroline's. Definitely would like to see that. Okay, cool, man. Uh, Steven, I don't want to take up too much of your time. It's a Sunday, but thank you for talking to me, man, and I definitely appreciate it, and um, hopefully I'll talk to you in the near future. Okay, man. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. No, no problem, man.